What if I told you that perfectionism has nothing to do with striving for greatness and everything to do with crippling insecurity? Our topic today is perfectionism. Now, unlike procrastination, people pleasing, imposter syndrome, and all the other issues that we talk about on this podcast, perfectionism is unique in that we know it's bad for us, yet we secretly love to brag about it. For example, you know that trick question in job interviews that everyone hates to hear? Tell me about your greatest weakness. Obviously, we don't want to give a real weakness like, uh, I guess I could be kind of careless sometimes. So over the years, interviewees have perfected the ultimate BS answer. My greatest weakness is that I'm just too much of a perfectionist. What makes this answer brilliant is that deep down, we all know that our society and culture absolutely worships perfectionism. So what we're really doing is basically just humble bragging. In pop culture, we love to lionize perfectionists. Whether it's stories about Steve Jobs spending months tweaking and refining something as simple as a font, or stories about Kobe Bryant working on his jump shot at four in the morning. Or we have films like Whiplash, where the protagonist practices drumming until his hands bleed. Then he plunges those bleeding hands in an ice bucket before going back to practice some more. And look, I get it. To see someone care so much that they're obsessing over every little detail of their practice routine, their diet, their sleep, their process, it's inspiring. Work ethic, drive, consistency, these are all extremely admirable qualities. But the thing is, that's not perfectionism. You see, the reason perfectionism is so confusing, where we're not quite sure whether it's bad or good, is because when we talk about perfectionists, we're actually conflating two different groups of people. In the first group, we have some people who just genuinely find pleasure in doing difficult things and improving their craft. These are the Kobe Bryants of the world. But that's not perfectionism. That's just striving for excellence. The second group, who I call the true perfectionists, are people who, on the surface, look exactly like the first group, but their inner monologue is completely different. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, someone who's striving for excellence says to themselves, I love putting in work because pushing my limits feels really good. For these people, it's not about being perfect. It's about growing and getting better. Whereas a perfectionist in her monologue is, everything I do needs to be perfect at all times. If not, everything is ruined. If not, everything is ruined. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you a story. You see, before this podcast, I used to have a YouTube channel. Now, I love making videos. And at the risk of sounding immodest, I was pretty good at it. But there was one problem. I was taking way too long to release my videos. The average time it took me to release a 10-minute video 
was two to three months. And notice I use the word release because the videos are usually pretty much done after two to three weeks. But for week after week, I would just sit there tweaking and tweaking, refining and refining until there's nothing left but this zero fat, perfectly polished gem. And my friends used to ask me, why don't you just release it, man? Why does it need to be so perfect? But then I get defensive and say, what do you mean? Everything I do needs to be perfect because I have high standards. Usually, this is where most people would stop asking because, let's face it, I'm being a bit of an asshole. But let's say someone decided to dig a little deeper and ask, okay, but why does everything you do need to be perfect? And I might say, well, because unless it's perfect, it's not good enough. Okay, but why does it need to be perfect to be good enough? Well, I don't know. Maybe because I'm not good enough, so I need to do everything perfectly to make up for that. (sighs) Wow. I need to do everything perfectly because I feel that I'm not good enough. If you're also suffering from perfectionism, I'm going to guess that's not an unfamiliar feeling. The thing is, when we feel like we're not good enough, we overcompensate by obsessing about doing everything perfectly. But the problem with that approach is, by demanding perfection at all times, all we're doing is reaffirming those original feelings of inadequacy. And this is exactly why perfectionism and procrastination go hand in hand. Because the more perfection we demand, the more inadequate we feel. Which only makes us demand even more perfection. And this spiral just gets worse and worse until our feelings of inadequacy are so high that the level of perfection required to offset it becomes completely unreachable. So what do we end up doing? You guessed it. Nothing. You know, guys, I have to confess something. You see, the reason I created this podcast, first and foremost, is to let people know Hey, we all have our struggles. It's okay. You are not alone. But if I'm being honest, there's a second, more selfish reason why I chose the podcast format. You see, unlike video editing, which is very time-intensive, producing a high-quality podcast every week is actually pretty realistic. So by imposing a hard weekly deadline on myself, whether I like it or not, every week I'll be forced to hit publish on something that's categorically imperfect, like the episode you're listening to right now. Which means I can't just sit around tweaking and refining until the end of time. And this is so important because for anyone who's dealing with perfectionism, the only way for us to overcome it is to deliberately practice imperfectionism. And what that means is, each time you release good but imperfect work into the world, you're subcommunicating to yourself, hey, it's not perfect, but that's okay. 
I don't have to be perfect to be good enough. Think about it. There's a reason why putting out your work is called releasing, right? When you're able to release, to let go, you're not just saying my work is good enough. What you're really saying is, I am good enough. I want to finish by telling you a story about how imperfectionism can change your life. In the movie titled Burnt, Bradley Cooper plays Adam Jones, a Michelin star chef who screams and shouts at his staff, micromanages everything, and requires everything to be perfect at all times. You see, Adam has achieved two Michelin stars, and now he's going for his lifelong dream and ambition of getting his third. At his restaurant, Adam gathers his team to brief them about the Michelin men, the famous judges who eat at restaurants undercover before giving their verdict. One star, two stars, three stars, or zero stars. Adam tells his team, "From now on, everything needs to be perfect. Not good, perfect. If they find one little mistake, they're gonna kill us, and they will come for us soon." Later that day, during lunch break, one of Adam's young chefs takes a pie out of the oven and says, "Family meal," while the team gathers around for lunch. When one of Adam's chefs, Ellen, asks him to join the team for lunch, he doesn't even look up from his notebook and says, "No thanks," before continuing to work. A few weeks later, during dinner service, a server nervously runs into the kitchen and says, "Chef, I think table nine are the Michelin judges." Hearing this, Adam has a nervous breakdown. And starts frantically micromanaging the entire kitchen. First, he screams at a young chef. One minute, look at me. One minute, okay? You are responsible for this sauce. No one else, okay? Then he practically shoves Elena aside and takes over her station. At this point, he's frying meat. He's chopping vegetables. He's stirring sauce. He's running around to every single station to make sure everything is perfect. Then finally, he gently plates every single dish himself, before handing the plates to a server and telling him, "You bring that out exactly like how I gave it to you, okay? Exactly." A few minutes later, the server returns, with a horrified look on his face. "I'm afraid there's been a complaint, chef. Too spicy." It turns out one of Adam's chefs. As revenge for the harsh way Adam treated him in the past, decided to add cayenne pepper to sabotage the dish. In this moment, Adam, realizing his dream of three stars is now over, starts laughing maniacally, and runs out of the kitchen. Later, we cut to Adam standing over a bridge, contemplating whether he should take his own life. The next morning, Adam returns to the restaurant, only to have his team tell him that, after a call with Michelin to explain what happened, 
it turns out the diners at table 9 were in fact not Michelin judges at all. Adam realizes what this means. He still has another chance. In a rare moment of vulnerability, Adam, in a tiny whimper of a voice, admits to Hélène, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do it. Hearing this, Hélène puts her hand on his shoulder, smiles, and reassures him. We're a family. You don't have to do it all by yourself. Fast forward a few weeks, the kitchen doors swing open again, with the server once again saying, Michelin, they're here. Only this time, Adam's expression doesn't change. He doesn't even look up when he says, We do what we do. The server is stunned. What? What are you talking about, chef? The Michelin men are here. Adam looks at him, as calm as the surface of a lake, and says, We do what we do, and we do it together. Hearing this, Adam's team realizes what their leader just said. He believes in them. He believes in their process. He believes that they're good enough as is, that they don't need to be extra perfect. We do what we do. Adam finally got his third star. But ironically, in order to get there, first he needed to find something far more valuable. The very thing that made him chase stars in the first place. Self-acceptance. In the final scene of the film, once again, the young chef pulls a pie out of the oven and shouts, Family meal! as the team gathers around. Adam looks on, a bit trepidatious at first. But eventually, he drums up the courage to get up, walk over to the team, and for the very first time, sits down to join them for family lunch. Finally realizing he doesn't have to be perfect to be good enough. If you were able to get some value out of today's episode, please pay it forward and send it to someone else that you think it can help. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening to Slightly Less Clueless. Take care, and I'll see you next time.